Fashion Insider with your host, Nako. Welcome back to the Fashion Insider. Thank you for tuning in again, guys. Great to have you. Um, and today begins part one of three episodes. So that's episode seven, eight, and nine. That will feature my friend and a very talented and very successful fashion model, Shan Khan. Um, and what these episodes are going to give you is a further insight into the fashion industry um two perspectives so shan's and mine the journeys the obstacles and a commentary on them so what we're going to be doing in these episodes is we're going to be dipping in and out of the conversations i had with shan and i'll be breaking them down i'll be talking in depth about certain things that me and shan discussed uh, giving you a further insight into the discussions that we were having, into the conversation that we actually had, um, because there's there's a lot from that conversation that can be dissected and delved into a lot further. So that's what you guys can expect from episodes seven, eight, and nine. Um, so without further ado, let's begin. Uh, let's tune in to my conversation with Shan, and I'll be dropping in and popping in and out with uh, insights into the conversation we had. So enjoy. Welcome back to the Fashion Insider. And today I'm joined by a special guest. She's not only a very good model. One thing I love about her is that what she stands for. And if you go on her social media, you'll always see her posting some stories about some social cause or social justice. She's very transparent and honest. And she's got a great sense of humor too, which uh, goes down quite well. Um, Shan Khan, hello. Hi, how's it going? Eh? It's going great. How are you doing? I'm really good. I've been really looking forward to this, actually. I've it's, been uh... excited to have you on. Ever since I knew that we were doing this whole fashion side of thing, I was like, I knew yeah. I had a list of people I wanted on. And you were on top of that list, obviously. <laughs> oh, that's very flattering. <laughs> How have things been? You know, it's been a really like wild couple of years i won't lie like this last year's excluding all of that of course yeah yeah like just for me like the journey that i've been through has just been really surprising and and wonderful like i i never expected to do what i'm doing ever in a million years it's it's one of those things what kind of journey were you on before that then well, I was in university. I was studying uh, film and TV production. So you could say I wasn't too far from it. But it wasn't something that, like, I had been approached and scouted since the age of 14. Yeah. In my family, you just don't do modeling. You don't do that kind of stuff. Especially my mum. She's very cautious and conservative. So. She was like, wait, wait, just wait, you know, you wait till you're a bit older and a bit more level-headed. You can make your own decisions and people don't exploit you. And I think that was very clever of her, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so that's Definitely what I was. did. Yeah. Like I, I got 
what kind of background do you come from then in that case like if you say it's quite conservative is it due to uh, cultural issues or well my my father is pakistani and mm. my mother is english and also a bit pakistani and french it's just like a whole mix of things to be honest oh, wow, <laughs> wow. But, um, it's a cool yeah. combo it's pretty cool it's nice like i i grew up in a very interesting household where it was all women five women Um, My grandmother is like the most amazing woman and she's not too conservative. She's actually the exact opposite of my mother. Um, And she always told me to go for my dreams. So if I didn't have her, I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing, to be honest. So when you were scouted then, what was your mum's initial reaction then, considering she was that conservative? She, she's a type of woman who, if she doesn't have a hands-on experience with it herself, she's just very very cautious and she knows that that industry especially in the 90s like modeling in the 90s when she was a young woman like the things you hear and see and then your child your baby girl grows up and says yeah mom I want to do that and she has no idea that it's changed or that it's you know a proper job it's not just some you know do what I want go on I mean you kind of do but it's it's a serious job yeah Um, it definitely is that's definitely a big misconception even like in my family like my parents get that a lot like some people think it's two sides to it isn't there because some people think you're making millions doing modeling and some people Mm -hmm. think you're making peanuts they don't think it's a real job you know they're like so when's he getting a real job then (laughs) not realizing it's a full-time thing no and you, you could be doing amazing you could be doing like the covers of like when I did my first big cover of Harper's Bazaar I wasn't yeah. making excuse my French shit money <laughs> and people yeah. thought she's made it and I'm like you guys don't know like it's not how it works like just because no. you have a bit of exposure exposure doesn't mean money it's not absolutely not magazines generally don't pay that well anyway i mean you can do editorials for free a lot of the time i mean you'll still end up in vogue and stuff yeah Yeah. but people think just because you're in vogue or like you said harper's bizarre or something you're balling and that's not always the case it's other other things even fashion week though shan don't you think like you know the one thing i love about fashion week is the end images you know the ones you can put on instagram and stuff yeah because they're so dramatic and you look awesome um, oh, by the way, I loved your recent video of um, was it Edward Critchley? Yeah, um, yeah, we did. That, that looked awesome. Show. How was that? By that the way, that was amazing. Do you know it was a very different experience? It's something. So normally the process goes: you get cast for the show, you do the show, and it's over in mm-hmm. a, like three hours. This yeah. was a twelve-hour day where you shot in a non-linear order the shots for the runway mm-hmm. and it was about 25 people on set which is also unheard of and it was just you shot the campaign the lookbook and the runway all in one day wow <laughs> so they really got your money yeah it was a very long day and but it was different because you still have to bring that energy yeah it's, it's like a fake runway so you still have to bring that energy, bring that attitude if that's what they want and make it entertaining at the end of the day. But it was yeah. it was an interesting experience. I think this whole digital thing, I mean, I saw um, 
was it Jeremy Scott that did the puppet show? Oh yeah, he's a how amazing was that? Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, the one thing is, is that obviously, like being there in person, that's different. But from a model's perspective, um, how did that feel not having an audience there? Well, there was a crew of about fifteen. So oh, that's right. an audience yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's not much that you notice it anyway, really, is it? When, when you're on no, the runway, and they itself. still have music and lights. Oh yeah, so they were epic. Not too, it's not completely different from a runway. It's just no, you don't get adrenaline because you redo the take multiple times. Yeah. So you just got to get your acting boots on and just go yeah. for it. Yeah, but the drama's still there, so that's good. Oh, <laughs> and it definitely looks good when it hits um, the websites and stuff. Yeah, but like props off to the editing guys. They they're the ones that really made it look dramatic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's the same thing with like the acting industry and stuff as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, speaking of acting, like that's one thing I've really just dipped into over lockdown. Oh, is that? Oh, is that recent? Yeah, like I so I've done small things. Yeah, um, I went to film school. I did short films, but I've gotten um, some really nice auditions mm. over lockdown, which I'm really excited about. And I just, I just want to get my chops into it. Yeah, it's definitely a nice career. See, I've gone the other way. I started off in acting and then I fell into mm. fashion by accident. Oh. But technically, you did start off in sort of that yeah. sort of arena, didn't you? Kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah. I just saw myself. I started off in writing. Oh. I love writing. So like I what? went to film like school. Writing um, scripts? Like, yeah. Poetry, scripts, songs. Like, that was my thing. So, and I couldn't see myself doing, um, you know, a traditionalist degree, let's say. Yeah, same. If I, wasn't, I just, I, I don't know, it's money. It's your money you're paying at the end of the day. You have to do something you really enjoy. So mm-hmm. that's the route I took. And it was fun. Like, I spent three years just making stuff. Yeah. Whatever I wanted. Very creative. Very freeing. Yeah completely so when I got into modeling it wasn't too big of a jump for me it was just okay this is a smooth transition I'm not in control as much yeah but you know I'm still being creative I'm still being paid at least yeah. for creativity yeah and it's artistic you know I think at times yeah. models don't get the credit they deserve like first of all this one perception I can't stand is that a modeling is easy that gets on my nerves because it really isn't oh, like completely. not just it's, it's not just the work it's also the lifestyle like i know it looks very mm-hmm. glamorous on the outside but boy it is draining it can be lonely now something shan touched on there was her mother's perception of the fashion industry shan talked about her mum seeing what the industry was in the 90s the fashion industry in the 90s the 80s the 70s even now even now it's not exactly changed completely but it is a crazy industry it's wild the parties are just next level um whether we're talking substances that are there or just the events themselves or the people there uh, or what happens there it's crazy it's still bonkers but i did hear um because i was at a party one time and it was really crazy and i was told that this is nothing this is nothing in comparison to what it was in the 70s and 80s. So I was like, okay, well, clearly I've seen nothing then. Because I thought that was pretty wild. But um, anyway, 
Shan mentioned that about her mum and her mum had this perception of the industry and that was one reason why her mum was hesitant to, to let Shan uh, join the industry which makes complete sense I mean any caring parent would feel the same and it's, it's a common thing that I think a lot of people go through within my industry because I never really faced that but I don't know whether that's because of the traditional stereotype of a man you know there's this stereotype it's not necessarily true but the stereotype is men can deal with whatever which is not true at all but it's obviously a perception that can exist um but um no i think part of the reason why my parents weren't too concerned about me joining the fashion industry was i don't think they know a great deal about the industry it's not something they ever they ever paid attention to i mean my parents are not into the whole celebrity culture they they watch movies and they don't even remember the act actor or actress's name. They don't care about those things. Um, so yeah, they weren't really aware of the industry in general. So I think there was probably um, blissful ignorance involved there. But I think in general though, I think it is a common perception that people have of the fashion industry. And a lot of parents are concerned uh, at times about letting their children join the industry, which makes complete sense. Um, and I think having done the journey myself and knowing others that have done the journey I think we all agree that I think parental involve, involvement is very important when it comes to being in the industry um, because it is very easy to get lost in the industry um, look if you fail you fail I mean that can also sometimes be a blessing in disguise for somebody because the industry is crazy but let's just suppose that once you make it once you make it in the industry you can get lots of money very quickly and that's not a good thing at a very young age so you end up misusing that money um sometimes you can completely misuse it on things that are just beyond um repair essentially and by that i mean substance abuse obviously spending things on material things is not again great but can be you can you know it can't, it can't sometimes it's not always bad but um obviously there are people that use their money wisely and I know people that have are very young and just invested that money wisely into like housing for example they've bought investment properties which is the right thing to do with but some people obviously when you're young as well especially you have this tendency to want to misuse money and spend it on things that you really shouldn't be spending it on I'm definitely guilty of that I have spent lots of money on things that I really didn't need to do and I think in hindsight, I think if I was to change my behavior from a couple of year, a couple of years ago, I think I would definitely have managed my money a bit differently. Um, it didn't cost me, luckily, in the end. I mean, it, it didn't really affect my life much. But still, you know, there's there's that element of I could have been a lot more wiser with it. And, you know, it would have just been better for me right now. But either way luckily I, I never spent money on drugs or anything so that was that was one thing I'm always grateful that I had I was brought up to always see drugs as evil uh, cigarettes as evil as well like I see a lot of things as evil but I kind of like that sort of childlike mindset because it's helped me be a lot more sensible so even when I say I spent my money in, in a crazy sort of way at times it was it wasn't necessarily on the bad things it was probably more a lot more material things um big labels and things like that i think that's probably what i got obsessed with um yeah and just lots of material possessions but um other than that i think 
parents are very right to be concerned about their children joining the industry at a young age um, because you don't know what to do with such large amounts of money from a young age. It's the same thing in, in other industries like acting and music industry. I mean, you know, there's a reason why the, these a lot of these musicians who make it at the age of 18, 19, 20 um, get heavily involved with drugs and alcohol and because you have a lot of time as well at times, you know, and you're filling that void with something or you're partying a lot. And sadly sometimes and this is actually more applicable to designers designers get hooked on drugs because they are they are worked so hard um their schedules are crazy and sometimes they literally use drugs not for enjoyment but just to get by just to survive just so that that they don't sleep and that they meet those deadlines and they get as much work in as possible and that's not healthy um, and that's led to suicides of prominent designers. I'm not talking, um, I'm talking on a grand scale. I'm talking designers that are world renowned. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 there is a huge element of control that's required once you join this industry. And I think that you do need some kind of guidance the moment you join. You need to talk to a lot of the right people. But I would say that it's always great to have that per parental concern in a way, I know that as kids we like well, we don't want our parents, you know, bothering us or asking us too many questions. But in reality, that can actually save you. And I think in Shan's case, that definitely worked, as Shan says herself. I mean, if Shan had joined the industry a couple of years earlier, she might not have had the same journey and the same experience of the industry as she's had joining a few years later. You know, as her mum advised her. Um, so yeah listen to your parents kids <laughs> no not always i mean see th there's the other side of that and i think we come on to that um in this next part it's about you know when you were saying that you came from a conservative family and you chose to yeah. be a model how did you com combat that so how did you talk to your family about it how did they respond what was the how did it pan out that transition um for me i chose my battles with my mum it was it, it's not really my family it's more just my relationship with my mum has been a bit up and down when I was a teenager mm. so I moved out um when I was just before I started modeling I moved out I was just working a normal waitressing job and I felt like I could make my own decisions at that point and my relationship with my mum was not good at that point yeah. So for me, it was kind of, well, I'm already out of the house. You know, I'm just going to give it a go. It's yeah. not the best way to do it, but that's the way I did it. Yeah, you followed um, your own heart. Yeah, I tried to, you know, give my mum everything she wanted and, you know, try to accommodate her as much as I could. But I think at a certain point, when you have dreams that big you regret yeah. not following them so yes. i just sat her down and i said look mom like i had these meetings these people are interested in me this is genuine this is not a scam this is not some you know cheap thing that i'm doing this is for real yeah i, mean, I could change it could change my life um yeah. and she was very patient and very 
open, surprisingly, after that conversation. I think communication is just not something young people know how to do effectively. 100%. I think we just assume that our parents or assume that our family will hate us for making decisions they're not happy with. But most of us don't even take the time to respect them enough to sit down and have that conversation. Yeah. Out of fear, to be honest. It is. Um, It's prominent in the Asian community, that is. So that's why I thought, like, that story of yours and just how you handled it, because I obviously have Asian background as well, and it tends to be in those families that sometimes some families have a mentality of, you know, they they want their kids to be in so-called financially stable jobs. They don't view anything in the arts to be financially stable, be it acting or modelling or whatever. And they have a very, they can have a very negative attitude towards it. I've been lucky that I never had any issues um, with that. But I know loads of people that have those issues. And, you know, I think they they need to, and I think communication is key, like you said. It's up to us to educate them to some degree, because sometimes our parents weren't given the best education or weren't around no. the right social kind of people. Yeah. Yeah, the social education, cultural mm-hmm. rubbish at times. I don't want to say it's rubbish. Obviously, there's a lot of things that are beautiful about <laughs> Um, Asian cultures in fact the majority of it's beautiful but there's just certain little elements that are just you know that stopping people from being who they truly want to be at times and that's not right you know but after you became model were both your parents okay with it well my parents split up when I was 10 or 11 so my dad has had no involvement in my life since I was a child it was just my mum and my grandmother and right. actually my um, aunts and uncles, my extended family, I'm very, very close with as well. And they're all very um, open-minded and English. <laughs> so I've never had a problem with them. Yeah. Um, and I'm lucky I had them because I could go and talk to someone when I was having yeah. problems with my relationship with my mother. But yeah. um, no, I've just been lucky. I think I've had always had someone to talk to and like when I moved out I moved out with my boyfriend yeah like I didn't move out by myself and that another living relationship naughty naughty (laughs) very naughty (laughs) and that Um, made my mum uncomfortable but you know as time goes by and you have those difficult conversations and you realize you make them realize that you know you're happy you're not doing anything bad yeah it's yeah time is everything you just got to give your parents time to adjust. It's a, it's a shock yeah. for them. Yeah. I think if you do what you want to do as well, you always end up having a better relationship with your family because if you listen to your family and you're not happy with that, you're going to bear resentment against them. And in the long run, that's going to affect your relationship with your family anyway. So it's better you do what you want to do and things will work yeah. out over time. Like you said, time's a healer. So yeah. that seems I mean, to be I the way for best relationship with my mum now like she shows pictures of me to people at work at what I'm doing <laughs> oh that's so cute my mum puts like, it on Facebook oh, and it's cringe yeah oh my god it's so cringy what is with parents on Facebook I, I know it's just the weirdest <laughs> captions I love my son oh he's amazing uh, it's like cringe man like I look I, I love my mum I love my mum I don't like those captions she posts or anything but that's awesome like, that your mum does that no nah, she's amazing I mean she recently got Instagram which was oh no no that's my biggest fear i was like mom get off that right now (laughs) she only follows me and my sisters i was like fine okay just don't do anything else (laughs) 
Oh, that, that's that's all right. It's just when they start following other people. I, I if my mom my mom's wanting to join Instagram because everyone talks about it, and I'm like, no, no, no. And if she does, I'll just have to block her from seeing my story. Yeah, the best way. Yeah, just because... yeah, keep her on a separate list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might just block her. I'll just say, mom, I delete the Instagram. So <laughs> that's that's peak though, blocking your own mom. <laughs> but um, no, it's it's um. It's definitely something that I think a lot of people um, would love hearing about because I know I've just heard these stories before about how people, their lives went in a completely different direction to what it could have been because they listened to people weren't happy with them choose, wanting to be models or actors or whatever. And that's one thing as well, you know, Shan, about people not seeing our industry as like certain communities anyway, not seeing the industry as like respectable, like it's seen as like a lowly yeah. thing, mm-hmm. you know, like. My mum and dad, one of my uncles said that to my parents. Like, he said something very, um, very negative towards it. He almost linked it to, like, um, yeah, porn, um, strippers, that kind of thing. And I was yeah. like, dude, like, I don't know what the hell you're watching at home, but the fashion mm-hmm. industry is definitely not that. It's, it's, it's not I had a relative. Not. I had a relative who, um, so when I was 14, I said, oh, I want to be an actor. Mm. They said to me, um, Oh, so you want to get naked? And yeah, like, that's, that's logical. To say that to a child, I don't know. I just found that really messed up. Like, I would never say that to my child or any child. Yeah, you wouldn't even think about that, let alone say it. It, I mean, it, it's more of a re- reflection of how stupid these people are and how ignorant they are. But still, like, you, you just, that that's such a bad influence on whoever else he speaks to like that because at that age yeah. words hit you way 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 deeper and harder oh, completely it made me question everything but then i was like hang on a second i know more than this person about this yeah i'm not gonna stop wanting what i want going for my dreams just because someone is uneducated yeah or exactly misinformed or has formed some delusional opinion on what it could be yeah definitely so as you heard there, as I said in that last segment that listen to your parents, not always, not always, because the thing is, is that essentially what I meant by listen to your parents, I mean, just, just for anyone who doesn't have good advice from their parents, <laughs> essentially what I mean by that is listen to somebody who sometimes has, has a bit more experience than you. So that might not be your parents, but it might be somebody you know, it might be a teacher, it might be even a friend, but you do need to sometimes take a bit of advice from people on certain things because when we're young we don't know it all we really don't as much as we're so confident and we think we know the world we don't so it's good to eat a cake of um, or a slice rather of humble pie and um, just remember that it's good to listen I mean you don't always have to take on board what somebody says just listen and if it resonates then apply it and if not keep going but um, anyway as we mentioned there, parents are great, but sometimes beliefs and certain ideologies can get in the way of your life, period. And I think that's affected us, I think it's affected us all at some point in life in one way, shape or form. And I think um, I think it's very important in that in that case to trust your intuition a bit more. Um, to not always listen to other people. So I, I'm a big believer of listening to everyone and not always taking it in. So like whatever sticks, it's like I'm, it's like I'm a board with lots of glue on 
and people throw a bunch of paper at me and some of that paper sticks and some of it falls on the floor you know it's like those machines where you get all those dollar bills flying around some of them stick and some of them don't you know it's just how it goes and I like to believe that the relevant ones stick with me so when people are speaking to me the relevant things they say or the useful things they say will stick and the not so relevant things will just fall to the ground and I think that's how we should all be and when it comes to the fashion industry and modeling in particular there's these misconceptions about the industry it's this it's that every like I remember I even remember one of my friends when this was when I first joined the industry and he found out I was dating a model and he was like he had this dis this face I remember his face he had this disgusted face as if have you lost the plot as in as if to say that models are some kind of lowly type of person you know which is absolutely ridiculous I mean come on um alternatively there's people who really glorify models as well and you know when they when they know you're dating models it's like seen as oh you're dating a model wow like again that that's also not a reaction that is relevant I think it's just you're dating who you're dating the profession shouldn't really enhance the person um maybe the looks or personality can play a part but not the profession but either way I just remember that perception of my friend who was just disgusted by it because I know his mentality and basically a lot of people from um I wouldn't say it's just smaller towns because people from smaller towns have a lot of lot more a lot of knowledge not a lot more but a lot of knowledge and they're not ignorant like people think but at the same time they are detached from what the industry is like and I can't blame them I mean why would they know more about the fashion industry um when all they do is they see things on tv and social media so they've made up their mind about what that industry is and to them it's seen as filthy or dirty or whatever um, very negative either way and I think obviously that's very wrong because it's not dirty at all but see those perceptions those perceptions that people have can can affect you and now if you're a young girl for example or a young guy um and, and you know you're about 14 or 15 and you think you may have a future as a model and you're hearing people talk about the industry as though they're you know whatever it's like a stripper or you know porn or whatever people perceive it as um cheap or whatever which is crazy really it's, it's quite the opposite but anyway um when people when people are saying that around you i can imagine young people being influenced by that and thinking firstly they're thinking oh i don't want to do this even though they could have really been great at it and on a more social perspective they're thinking they're thinking very low of these people and ultimately as human beings we shouldn't see one or anyone greater or lower than the other i mean it's cliche but we are all equal and first of all i mean i think being a fashion model is very reputable i think it's very i personally think it's quite a, a classy job i don't see it as a low thing i mean uh, when it comes to pay payments and, and money that you can make i mean i know we spoke about some things not paying so well which is true but there's also some things that pay ridiculously well like embarrassingly well and I, I'm, I've never been afraid to admit that sometimes I'm embarrassed about the money you can sometimes make from things and I think that's because I come from a working class background um, when I see certain figures that I'm going to be receiving for like a job that took me like we shot for like two days and I'm making huge amounts of money you think 
you feel guilty you're like wow do i really deserve that much you know like um but then you find out that somebody else is making triple that and you're like oh okay you know what great um because obviously the more experienced models and certain big names get triple the amount of money or double um that you might get because you may not have that many as as like you, you may not have the million followers or you may not have that same uh, experience you may be a bit younger but you're still doing the same job but hey um the inequality is is for another day um but uh yeah no i just feel that this perception of the fashion industry is quite common that you know this it's like the un, it's like a taboo subject people don't really admit that or they don't really go there they don't really want to admit that but we know it exists and i've seen it firsthand when when people react to certain things i mean as i mentioned there even people in my family had <laughs> see sometimes i always think it's um i think it's a bit of both like, i i don't really think they're disgusted i think it's, sometimes it's a little bit of um i don't know maybe jealousy because my mom's heard some crazy things in, uh, about me being a model at times you know in, in the years gone by she's she, she's heard um yeah she says some crazy things uh people say about the industry and you know quite negative really but sometimes i just think it's jealousy you know because you don't need to have an opinion on it you know it's somebody else's life um i mean there's many things that i could say about you know why it's a good industry and you know whatever but at the end of the day i think every industry is fine you know no matter what you choose to do as long as you're happy doing it um and you know you're financially okay um yeah there's no issue with that so do whatever you want kids do whatever you want and don't listen to a goddamn soul and something else you touched on earlier as well was about how sometimes you also feel a little bit insecure about yourself or you know you feel down about how you look now somebody on the outside looking in will say are you bonkers you know you're a model you've, you've got this amazing look um yeah. how, how could you feel down and they think that about practically anyone a lot of models out there this is why a lot of girls and guys feel down about you know how they look how do you have you have you had those moments and how have you come back from those moments um well for me those moments rooted from just not being accepted as a child like I I was born in the UK but I, I went to Pakistan I went to school there for a brief, brief period of time um my dad was in the army so he went to uh, bosnia and hungary and some other, few other places and wow. i was schooled in just different cultures um always being the new kid always being different always yeah. looking different doesn't matter where i was hmm. but i think when it comes to english and pakistani like i just never really felt like i fit in either like i was too english you know, in Pakistan and to Pakistani when I came back. So yeah. always rooted for me from just not being accepted either way. Yeah. It doesn't matter which way I tried to mold myself. Um, yeah. So when I got into the industry, like those insecurities really popped, popped up and I had to deal with that. Like I really, and that's the thing. I have such an amazing partner and he always yeah. just sits me down, looks me in the eyes like, you don't have anything to be insecure about like this is who you are use that to your advantage yeah. yeah and that's it's the one industry where you can and literally the things that i've been bullied on are my biggest strengths 
in my career. What were you bullied on? Um, so I, obviously being in the sun, would get a lot darker. So oh, when right. I used to come back to the UK, I just wouldn't. I mean, I was not white in the first place, but I was so dark. Mm. I would get bullied on that. I used to have a bit of a monobrow, <laughs> you know, that Asian monobrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, like, ashamed of where I came from. Yeah. And now I I love who I am. Like, I love where I'm from. I love, not every day, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can't be Wake happy up and check yourself, yourself out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I just... I use that to my advantage. That's my unique selling point. That's that's me. That's what makes me me. Yeah. And, you know, it's worked out. Like, I I don't need to be told every day that I'm beautiful because I don't need to feel beautiful every day. That's not something I correlate to as a look. It's yeah. a feeling that I have. Whether that's yeah. me being kind to someone or, you know, helping someone, that's what makes me feel beautiful. Yeah, good way of looking at it. Yeah, it's just our industry is just, yeah. It's just, yeah. Up and down. (laughs) It's just, yeah, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) (laughs) I think that sums it up quite well. Now, as you guys heard Shan say, that even she has those down days, the days where you don't feel so good about the way you look. Um, And we all do. We all do. And I think sometimes there's people that think models don't go through that. Men or women. Um, And it's just not true. Everybody, every single body has that same feeling some days, um, you know, where you just do not think, where you're just feeling very low or insecure about yourself or some part of your body. um, And yeah, we all go through it. um, No matter how you think, somebody else looks because we we are just the most critical people i mean human beings are very critical and so yeah i just think that people need to know that because i think at times people think oh no models no matter how beautiful they are they sorry they think if they're very beautiful they think oh well you know they must be bloody very secure about themselves and they may never have insecure moments but Shan's mentioned before, you know, um, and I totally agree with that because I've seen it a lot where models are some of the most insecure human beings alive and I don't blame them. I don't even see that as a negative. Well, it is negative, but I don't see that as like a criticism because the industry makes you that way. It's a very vain industry. It's all about how you look ultimately. So naturally, models are going to be very conscious of the way they look and their figure and their body and the, 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 the skin and everything. It's just overly analysed. I mean... You know, you you always find faults, and that's the thing with models, and that's what can create a really toxic environment at times. Um, so yeah, for for the people who aren't in the industry who feel insecure, um, I, I can understand that. You know, I can understand that completely, and especially when they're seeing these perfected images online of these models and thinking, oh, you know, so perfect, blah blah blah. But you know, again, I, I I've been obviously I've had relationships where. I've seen these certain girls intimately, like, you know, in their, in their, how shall I put it, like in a closed off environment where, you know, things are supposed to be very, everything goes kind of thing. And, um, I'm trying to word this uh, correctly. I mean, I could be very blunt about it, but I think you can put two and two together, but, 
um, the point being is that they are still very insecure. Even in such a private environment, um, they they can be very insecure. And these are some of the most gorgeous girls who are doing the most amazing work, who are who are putting them their bodies out there. Um, yet they have these very deep insecurities and these deep anxieties about the way they look. And I just want people to know that everybody has them. Even men, like people, again, there's a perception about men. Now, men are just not vocal about it. You know, men are insecure as hell. Um, some acknowledge that and some ignore that and have this bravado. Um, but I think all men have those moments. I mean, listen, some more than others, but they definitely have them. And even models, obviously, because when I've been on set with guys, again, there's this constant need. I mean, listen, some guys mask it, though, in um, banter you know they'll be you know they they'll banter somebody else about one of their own insecurities you know the cliche stuff i mean anyone who's done research into psychology will understand um how people go about these things and you know when you're insecure about something you obviously try and mask it by criticizing the same element in somebody else so it's obviously silly but it's how it goes men are crazy that way um so yeah men men go about it in different ways so they won't openly admit that um, or sometimes, alternatively, what happens with guys is they won't admit they have an insecurity, but you might just accidentally say something that you don't mean in a bad way, such as, oh, your hair looks good today. It throws them back because they're like, wait a minute, was my hair not good yesterday? And it's because they're already insecure about the hair. Maybe they've got this idea that the hair's too thin. I'm speaking of this because of an incident that happened, by the way. So this, this is the kind of way it goes. And, you know, it really upset that person that, I said they had good hair today. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was it was it's a long it was a long um it was a long story and it was a short story as well at the same time. Like it was no big deal, but it it was just that the, it really affected the guy and he was just different for days and then eventually we spoke, we had a heart to heart. Um thankfully um because it was really confusing as to what upset him so much because he was really upset. Um and, and over a compliment. Like I didn't say your hair looks bad because I mean I would understand maybe that okay this is why psychology is a wonderful thing because things work in weird ways uh, and our minds work in weird ways and yeah he was in a strop about it for for a number of days and eventually you know we spoke after he'd had a few drinks <laughs> he decided to open up as as everyone does and um yeah he told me that he'd been feeling a little bit insecure about his hair recently and when i complimented him he said initially like he thought that was a good thing but he realized that wait a minute like clearly something's wrong because it only looked good today and he was wondering why i'd not said his hair looked good the day before this sounds bonkers right this sounds crazy but this is the, the reality so men are insecure but they obviously go about it in completely different ways so um yeah and and by the way like we all have insecurities like i've had insecurities it's been about my skin you know i had breakouts um and it really throws you back and you feel really low and you feel down um my breakouts were happening because i was overworked and i was subconsciously stressed um because i wasn't diagnosed um i went well sorry when i went for a diagnosis um to my doctor to find out why i'd had these breakouts on my skin um the doctor couldn't say like he just said are you stressed and i said well no don't think i am i haven't been stressing about anything but then he worked out that i'd been traveling a lot and working a lot and he thought okay well maybe that's what it is and you know I, so basically i was stressed without realizing i was stressed 
and um, yeah, it really played a part. But anyway, that it, it comes and it goes. You know, those issues come and they go. And you know, when they're there, you feel horrible. Like you, you, you know, you're not feeling yourself. You wake up and you just don't even feel like getting out of bed. So those days happen to everyone. You know, and I'm somebody who um, prides myself on, you know, the way I've developed my mentality and my my inner strength. Uh, my mental health I'm, I'm proud of it all you know I think it's not great because it I was born with it it was great because I worked hard at it um, you know I it was it was because I built all this up inside me to be a certain way but that doesn't mean that you're still immune from um, certain things and like I said that's one thing that I can pinpoint to what really knocked my confidence because I even remember after after having that break when I went for castings I just wasn't I remember like the first few castings I had following the breakout I didn't have that same confidence and you know I, my confidence level dropped for a while and you know again because the industry is very picky and it really breaks you apart you're, you're conscious of that and you you know no matter how strong you are you, you can't be bothered with somebody breaking you apart <laughs> it's, it's just not a nice experience um, no matter how much of a fighter you are you know you don't want to fight I mean you know you, even when you know you can win a battle for example you still don't want to you still don't want to get involved in it so um those things would, would stress me out because i'd be like well you know i don't want to go for a casting and then have to talk about certain things and blah 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 and you know yeah it really knocked my confidence uh, even going to a casting sometimes i thought i'm not I'm, why am i wasting my time i'm probably not going to get the job anyway um and that is not a good mentality to have because i was never like that before because initially my mentality always always was I always think I'm gonna get every casting. I walk into every casting and I think I go in with the confidence of this job is mine. Um, which sounds a little bit I know maybe a bit arrogant at times, but if you don't have that self belief when you go for that casting, you're gonna look timid and that's not what people want. They want somebody who's self assured and you know, it's not even that I'm faking it. I genuinely go in there and think I'm going to get the job, you know, because I've accepted uh what my worth is. And I think we all need to apply that on some level. If you can accept who you are, you you'll stop. And listen, I'm not saying I got every job by the way. You know, I didn't get every job. You know, I got a number of those jobs, but I didn't get all of those jobs. But once you program yourself into knowing your own worth and your own value and you know, you accept yourself and you love yourself, you won't care about the accepts or the rejects. So when I got the job, I wasn't I was happy-ish. I mean, of course you're happy you got the job, but it was just normal i wasn't like overly ecstatic because when you're overly ecstatic you get something when you don't get it you're equally upset so i, I like to have a fine balance over things so whether i get it or not i don't want to be too happy and i don't want to be too sad um and again this take this it took me time to get there you know this is something i worked on over time it didn't happen overnight um you know i didn't just wake up one day and have this emotion because early on in my career i was very anxious about everything like i'd be like you know, I'd be checking my emails. Did, did I get the job or not? Did I get the job or not? Uh, and when I'd be penciled in, I'd be like so nervous. Like, oh, is this going to happen? Is it not going to happen? And then when I would get it, I'd be so, so, so happy. Jumping with joy. And if I was to, if I was rejected, I'd be so down. You know, my next day or two would be really low. And then, yeah, it was just not, it was just not healthy. Um, so I didn't want to have those extreme highs. So I gradually built built myself up to accept that when I get a job, it doesn't mean everything. And when I don't get a job, it doesn't mean everything. <laughs> you know, It doesn't matter. Um, either way, it is what it is. 
um, and I really began to accept that and I think that's just a good way of accepting yourself for who you are in many ways you know I'm not saying I, I know that a lot of people listen to this aren't models anyway um, but that same uh, process applies to anything whether you're going for an interview uh, whether you're having meetings you know whether you're trying to get new clients whether you're trying to make new sales you know it is what it is but just try and find that balance with your emotions because it is like a tipping scale essentially you know it's like a seesaw you know um, when you have two people on uh, either end you know the good and the bad if you can just weigh them up you'll be finely balanced but if you let just one thing matter a lot and you let another thing matter in another way then you'll have one really high and one really low and that's not a healthy balance really and yeah I think you'll have a lot more success with balance as they say balance is everything so this brings us to the end of this episode I hope you enjoyed it I hope you took something away and in the next episode Shan will also be featuring so look forward to that and yeah until next time au revoir ciao goodbye